It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You've let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, I'm Jim White and this is the Outspoken with White and Jordan podcast. Every day we bring you the best of the show. Today, myself, Simon and Martin O'Neill ask if Morocco could spring an almighty surprise at this year's World Cup after beating Spain on penalties and if Portugal are dark horses after they comfortably defeated the Swiss. We debate if losing to France in the quarterfinal on Saturday would be a failure for England and Martin defends his role as Republic of Ireland manager when Jack Grealish and Declan Rice opted to play their international football for England. So, Mark, let's talk football. Morocco stunned Spain uh, penalty shootout. Have we found this year's Greece of 2004? Well, they've done remarkably well to get here. You know, I, I, th- I thought they were really stodgy to begin with. Uh, they've shown, uh, they've shown tremendous fight and a, and a lot of fitness as well too because they uh, their, their their running power was very very strong do they score enough goals I would really doubt it uh, have they got the heart and soul into it yeah absolutely mm. but um, I would uh, I would be surprised if they go any further what about penalty kick technique Martin I mean we've seen ugh, a dearth of it on, on, on a few occasions I mean what's it down to the, when it gets to penalties is it about mentality or is it indeed about technique well there's two there's two things there's actually a bit of both to tell you the truth first of all I think that you have to you have to practice penalties I think that the uh, the Spanish coach said uh, he's not going to get any one of them uh, to take a penalty unless they've taken a thousand penalties well the, the way Busquets went up to the ball you would have thought he's never taken a penalty in his That's life right. before this short this short run and really it it intrigues me really uh, almost like a walking pace because eventually if if the goalkeeper decides that he's going to make the right decision of diving that way mm. then he's going to save it It'll because the it. ball's got there's no power in it and I of course would have been such a card I would never have taken a penalty myself <laughs> but if I'd been asked to do one let's say it was down to ninth or 10th and I was still there and I had to take the penalty I would have blasted it for all my all my might and just hoped that it had gone one wouldn't pass the goalkeeper yeah. Here's the point. I think that you can practice penalties and you need to practice penalties. But, you know, and I know you've heard this cliched up and down so many times, but it's absolutely true. Nothing, 
absolutely nothing can prepare you for that walk that you take when you're walking up there and the goal has just been scored by the opposition before that and you're stepping up for the for your penalty. I really it is it is you cannot be prepared for yeah, that. I don't yeah. care whether you've taken you've one got the or a thousand on your penalties. shoulders, have you? Absolutely. Yeah. No no question about it. So, I mean, Simon, you look at it now and certain nations are beginning to get up to full speed and I'm talking about Portugal. Yeah. Have they gone under the radar until now? Um Possibly, yeah. I mean, because we've had deflective stories. When you think of Portugal, you immediately get drawn to Ronaldo and what he is and isn't doing. Yeah. But what you saw yesterday was a very compelling performance, a coach that made decisions and stuck by his decisions, a coach that wasn't frightened to address the issue with Ronaldo because the media had put it front and centre about his gesticulations and behaviour in previous games. He made a decision, he made a decision, he supported the decision and the reasons behind it. And more compelling for him, the boy that he put in when and scored a hat-trick. Obviously, Switzerland will be incredibly disappointed because, you know, you spent time with Granit Xhaka, they're an organised, decent side, they wouldn't have seen that result coming. Does it send a marker out? I don't know. These are individual games and styles make fights and we'll see how they they do against slightly better sides in Switzerland. But I think they now represent a slightly more formidable opposition than perhaps we'd have given them credit yeah. before the tournament. Because I think most people are looking at Portugal as a kind of spent force and a, and a team that was going in one direction that might make a decent impression on the World Cup but not really um, a, a an indelible one. But they're beginning to move into the territory of making themselves... A serious consideration. Yeah, and Ronaldo benched. Are we seeing his international career coming to an end? What do you think, Martin? After this, well, will we see him again in a Portugal shirt? I, I, you know what? I probably very much doubt it. And I, I think that Simon said the the coaches made a big, big decision. He was obviously really peeved about uh, about Ronaldo's gesticulations, things like this here, which you would be in all honesty. And you think to yourself, well, I'm not going to have this. And um, maybe he's not playing well enough anyway to, to deserve his place in the side. All of those things. Can you believe it? The coach's dream where your replacement goes and scores three goals. He's yeah. such a vindicates you. Yeah. The thing about Portugal, I felt, again, getting back to it, when I, uh, I wouldn't have immediately thought about them as being, uh, as being World Cup winners or even getting into, let's say, semi-finals or anything like this. I felt as if they, we know the players inside out. That little boy, Jao Felix, who's actually played quite well. It's, mm. He played very well the other day, but I mean, anybody could have played in the second half against Switzerland. But um, And I and he's in and out of the uh, Atletico Madrid team, never really seeing ITI with the manager there, never never seemed to think that he's going to do it. Suddenly he does well. Bruno Fernandes, like, I, I sometimes feel as if, if Ronaldo's not there, Bruno Fernandes actually rises to the occasion. And um, and of course the centre forward has done brilliantly to score the goals. So I, my only concern was this year when I was thinking about the team in the very very first place. Pepe Pepe's still in the side. Pepe's the same age as me, and I thought that 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 I thought was a concern for them. But honestly, he's risen above oh, the, yeah. the the Swiss boy. He Literally. scored the, he scored the goal, and who knows? And sometimes you can hide your weaknesses Could when you've got time. to this stage. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Well, listen. I'll tell you something, anyway, I think that, that they will be delighted with their opposition in front of them because I don't think that uh, Morocco will score too often. But on Cristiano, do you think he's struggling to come to terms with the fact that it's almost time up, that retirement is pending? Of course he is. Of course he is. It's, 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 it's tough. He, he'll, he'll still be thinking that he can play when he's 52. 
he's, that's that's the nature of him. That's what's made him so good. I've been in the studio with uh, um, having a point. I, I I left the studio the last time Simon made a point, and I thought, hmm, I think he has a point there. So, um, all right, I'm deferring to you this time. All right, you did make a point about Ronaldo. My my only concern <laughs> has was that this been on your mind ever since? Has it? Absolutely. It was only it was only to do. Because I pulled him off air and said I was bloody right. By the way, no, no, yeah, I, yeah. and it was yeah. You were right about the stats. Yes, I was. Uh, yeah. That that was the point. Yeah. But here was here was my point <laughs> that I didn't think. I don't think that if you are the manager of Ronaldo, you want to be putting him on with two minutes to go in a game. You know, that's the point. And this yeah, is where I, I thought I Den Haag, but or Den Tag, yeah, yeah, uh, actually, yeah, he got it wrong. Don't, don't, don't do that right. to Ronaldo. Yeah, right, I think that's, that's right. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation, outspoken with White and Jordan. It is getting mighty interesting now as to who is going to get close to winning it or who's going to win it. In Qatar, Martin, if, if England fall at the quarter-final stage against the French, would that be classed as failure? Let me hit you with that first. Would that be deemed as failure? Well, well, I well, why would it be? For instance, I mean, you're into the last eight of the World Cup. England would have expectations of going, uh, uh, maybe, maybe to the final, maybe even to win it. But so have so have France. So have other teams. Brazil also have the same thing. So if, if uh, so, France because it's a European game, France and England playing. So let's say let's say England have been in the uh, in the uh, draw alongside Brazil and been beaten by Brazil in the quarter final. Would that be considered a failure? I don't think so. France are world champions at the end of it. So I I don't think so. It's it's on the evening, obviously on the evening now, and. Um, and you're into knockout competition. Well, see, the, the reason I ask is that going into the tournament, it was widely thought that Southgate and England, am I right, Simon, will need to achieve more than they did, say, the Euros or the previous World Cup. The previous World Cup, of course, semi-final stage. The Euros, the final stage. Need to achieve more. In other words, if you don't win it, come damn close to winning it. Then that wouldn't be deemed as failure. Is that fair? I'd, well, I mean, you, you're... you're it's a real test. They, they, they've contested a final and they've contested a semi-final of the World Cup in the last number of years. Gareth Southgate's record, actually, I, I, I could be wrong here, the wrong other side of the table here, is actually, it's, it's, it's pretty decent, in all honesty. What happened is that they went into the competition not having won some glorified friendly matches in that in that competition they called the Nations League. Yeah. That's what that is. And then people take... Uh, Take um, homage really to some of the results they lost. I think to Hungary and things. But it, you know, it never really mattered to me because I felt as if they're going to get out of the group stages. You're into the last sixteen. Chances are, if you've won your group, you might get a, a lesser, supposedly a lesser side in the last sixteen. But you still so think not, he's a lucky manager, so, Southgate. Well, and so, think, t- t- so talk me through that. Well, I think he's a lucky manager in terms of a getting the job in the first place, and b. No, well, that 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 I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah, dispute no, that. No, let me walk you through yeah, it, and then you okay. can critique it. Yeah? No problem. Um, um, a getting the job in the first place, and b being in a position where the draws have presented England with huge opportunities to beat opposition that on paper you would suggest they could beat. Now, the one thorn that sticks out from that is Germany. Um, beating Germany in the Euros, but that's the Germany that we think of in our minds, not the Germany that we played in that European Championships that were a very poor side and have proven to be a poor side in these tournaments. Mm. So the compelling thing for me is I don't think Gareth Southgate is a failure if he doesn't win this tournament. I think uh, they, 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 the question is, is 
Who do England have to beat eventually under Gareth Southgate to suggest that real progress has been made against beating teams on paper that people don't expect us to? People expect us to beat Ukraine. They expect us to beat the USA or the Welsh. They expect mm. us to beat the Senegalese. They expect us to beat the teams that we played in the World Cup and the Euros. But when we come up against Italy, when we come up against Croatia, when we come up against Belgium, the question is... Do is do we then beat those teams? Right, and then and then the tenure of Gareth Southgate comes into question because if you only beat the teams that on paper you should really beat, how much of a success can you say you are when it comes to a fifty-fifty game and the fifty-fifty games every time we lose? Is that fair, man? Having said that, as an ex-manager, you'll you'll say you can only beat what's in front of you. Oh well, I, I mean that's the obvious answer for a start. That that is correct. If if you if you really analyse it as much as Simon's doing, you know, and that's to the nth degree, then you can you can pull holes right, left, and centre. Are England expected? How's that, how's that to the nth degree, Martin? That's a simple no, fact. No, it's 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 what what it what it is. You are looking at 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 games. We would have expected. Let let let's start with this competition, yeah. regardless of the results um, yeah. in the last in the last year, that you would have expected England. Uh, Number one seeds in the group to go through because some of those are lesser likes. So double job, yeah. Absolutely yeah. right. Fairly decent chance that they can, if they are going to, let's assume they, that they win their group, play a lesser light team that has finished second in the group. That doesn't necessarily always happen. You know, some something. But in this instance, they did, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're now in the quarter final and you're taking on the world champions. Correct. Right. Okay. If if you lose that game, just let's say you lost that game four three, and then yeah. one of the most so exciting games no, ever. I don't. Do you? Right. No, I don't. Okay. no, absolutely, I don't. Fine. The that's... terminology failure yeah. is not one I'd attach to it. Okay. I look at it and say, if we get if we got to the quarterfinals mm-hmm. and we play the French and we give them a real game, yes, and we come away from that game not winning, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that's a failure. Yeah. I'd say it's a disappointment. Yeah, right, absolutely, right. I to- I, I'm, yeah. I'm in total agreement with that. So what Absolutely. was the win over Senegal? I mean, if you listen to Giant Grealish, the win over Senegal at the weekend was a statement win. I think it was a massive, a massive stepping stone for us. You know, we, we, we knew it was going to be a difficult game, which it was. But I think, you know, the way the lads played and the way, the way that, we, you know, we seen the game out was just brilliant. I really do. And I think that's what one thing that we're doing as a team now. And, and credit to the manager, you know, and his coaching staff. They've obviously worked on it with us and helped us. And, and the one thing for me that we're doing now, we're not just winning games, you know, we're controlling games and, and seeing games out and stuff like this. And, you know, I think we're just going up at the moment, you know, we're obviously scored a lot of goals. I think the most in the tournament, maybe. Um, you know, three clean sheets on the bounce. So, you know, it's a team full of confidence, um, and you know, a team full of togetherness as well. That's one thing that I've always said about this team. You know, we'll. We're rivals, you know, when we play against each other on a Saturday for our clubs. But you know, as soon as we come here, we're a, we're a bunch of uh, a bunch of best mates that that play together, and um, I'm sure you guys can see that. It pretty much summed it up. And they're not only winning games, they're controlling games, man. Well, you know, first of all, Senegal could have scored twice before England, England sure. scored. Absolutely. So that's, not, that's a different, that Absolutely becomes right. a different ball game. Yeah. Absolutely cool. different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then you suddenly, you're chasing the game. You've started the game. England, I thought, started the game indifferently in the sense that not really in the front foot. You can pass the ball, you can pass the ball in your own half for as long as you like because the opposition, particularly Senegal, are going to drop back anyway and try and hit you on the, on the break. So there's half an hour in that game where, in actual fact, the best chances fell to Senegal. True. That becomes a totally different issue then if that's yeah. the case. Yeah. So this, and Jack Greedy's can talk about spirit. Where every, every, every team 
every team has a bit of spirit. They want to hide the fact that, you know, that two two lads might not be speaking to each other in a dressing room or something like this year. But eventually, I mean, I, I managed the Republic of Ireland. The one thing that we did have, we had just incredible team spirit. It only takes you so far. Eventually, you have to have a lot of ability to, yeah, to win football. Yeah, but it's fabulous to have it, isn't Well, it, it is. Yeah. Yes, but lots of teams have it. As lots well of as teams that, though. As and well if you're winning teams. some football matches, you know, as helps. well too, it helps. Um, but it, uh, just, just get back to that point. A different ball game altogether if, if Senegal take the lead in that match. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Listen, Simon, somebody you and I met on numerous occasions out in Qatar. Uh, PSG president Nasser Al-Khalafi. Uh, speaking to My Paddleton is partner. Yeah, we are speaking to our old pal Rob Harris uh, yesterday, once of AP, now of Sky News, and, and said, yeah, of course, we're interested in Jude Bellingham. Who wouldn't be? Um... Nasser said an amazing player what a player England are lucky to have him he's one of the best players in the tournament listen everybody wants him said Nasser I'm not going to hide it I respect him he has his club well that club is Borussia Dortmund uh, if we want to talk to him we will talk to the club hmm. so Nasser saying what many people like Real Madrid would probably say like probably Manchester City might say yeah if asked the question everybody yeah. likes Bellingham I mean we broke the seal with Nasser doing interviews now you can't get him off the bloody television um, <laughs> look I mean, Juge Balling is, is an outstanding player at 19 years of age. He's got a journey to go on, but the, what we're seeing at this moment in time is very good. Um, but he's on a journey, and we'll see if that continues. I suspect it will be, because I think the background that he comes from with the solid solidity of a family support mechanism and a very sensible father gives him a decent platform. Now, we would always argue that we've got the biggest league, we've got the most economically powerful league, we've got the best players, and we've got the best league, and everyone should want to play in England. The fact of the matter is, is most people that are big players use England as a passing through mechanism, like Ronaldo and other players that have come into our country and played at the big clubs and end up, end up going to Spain. I don't think he ends up at PSG, with no disrespect intended to NASA and his football club. I think he either ends up in Spain or in England. I would like to think it's England because we've produced this talent. Birmingham City have produced this talent. And he's gone out to Germany and taken a path, which I think is quite commendable because he could have gone to Chelsea and, and Manchester United and looked good on paper, but maybe have not got the game time that he's gotten in Germany. The opportunities is for a variety of people. Birmingham City, that they've got to sell on, if this boy's going to be sold. Yeah, exactly. Um, Borussia Dortmund, because they're going to capitalise on it. Yeah, but listen, and PSG could be Champions League winners by the time he makes his mind up. Well, they could, but I think that there are more compelling leagues than the French League for him to play in. If he wants to go and play with the greatest respect to our new friend for the Harlem Globetrotters of PSG, I think that's one thing. I think if he wants to go and play, again, with the best respect intended, in significant football, week in, week out, I think the, the Premier League or La Liga are the two destinations I would advocate for him. Really? I mean, when you weigh it up, Martin, if you're Bellingham and Nasser and PSG come along, you've got the opportunity to play with Mbappe, Messi. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I mean... He, that what a choice he has is uh, I mean first of all about his ability it's, it's really extraordinary in the in the sense that you know I've always cried out for a midfield player who can actually pick the ball up and actually travel with it 10, 15, 20, 25 yards in the meantime eluding some player looking, seeing the pass and then following in you know 
a goal-scoring midfield player, but he's more than that. He can, and actually, he can drop back into positions again. His progress has been amazing in the, la- in the last while. The only thing I, w- I, I, I take Simon's point entirely, most of the way through, I'm not exactly sure that, um, that uh, the Premier League is used as just as a sort of stepping stone for Spain. I think that, that Ronaldo, you mentioned Ronaldo, but moving it, Ronaldo had actually Ed proved ha- himself Ed at Hazard, Man United. Gareth Bell. They all yeah. tend to, um, they get the lure of the Spanish clubs tends to get them in the end. Yeah, but yeah, in the, in the end, yeah. yeah. But they have actually proved themselves. Oh, absolutely. In the, in the big oh, absolutely. No, 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 you know, no doubt. Absolutely. They've proved themselves, yeah. they, and and they've but, spent. But it doesn't the seem to be a destination point, does it? It seems to be they don't end up in English football. They end up being through English football, being absolutely compelling in it, and then somewhere along the line, Real Madrid or Barcelona say, "Thank you very much. We've seen the vision. We'll have that now." Uh, uh, okay. Right, you're in such a belligerent mood today, and I'm going to, oh, I'm actually, going to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay with you. I just think that those players that you've mentioned all proved themselves in the Premier League they did. in the first place. Most but, certainly did. I agree okay, with you. No problem. Yeah. But but the rest of it, the, the, re, the rest of it, I'll take on board. Absolutely. Do you know what, man? He's 19. He's he's not 20 it's, it's, until June. Jim, it's, so it's, he could make up his mind before he's even 20. It's phenomenal. Would you have Seriously. him go to PSG? Um, no, if if I was his agent, I would rather him. I would rather him not play play there. I'd rather because selfishly, yeah. I, I'd like him to play in the Premier League where I could see him week and in. And where week would out. you? I mean, I think he should go to Liverpool. Mm. That's my view. I, I do you know what? I, I, again, I don't disagree with yeah. you because the one thing that you felt that Liverpool were missing this particular season him, was a was yeah. a, a proper midfield player of of, of that caliber. Did did I did I think if you're talking about uh, at the back end of last season did I think that Jude Bellingham was ready for that for uh, stepping into Liverpool and becoming a major player? No. I'm not so sure that I did. Yeah. His progress has been phenomenal, really I, phenomenal. I met him. I've often said this, man. I met him down the road from here, just down at the Den. He mm-hmm. was playing at Millwall for Birmingham mm-hmm. when he was 16. Yeah, maybe he'd just come up to 70. I think he was 16 still. And he'd put in an incredible shift mm-hmm. in the second half and yeah. it kept Birmingham in the yeah. game. And then proceeded to tell me afterwards about what he thought he needed to do to become a, a, a really top player yeah. and what he needed to learn and the learning curve that he needed to embark upon. Well, Jim, He knew exactly where he wanted to is go. That, that's, that's, that's great if that there, if he's at 16 years of age and knows those things. I just saw him playing early days for Birmingham City as well too, where he looked lean, looked lightweight in many aspects. Now suddenly he's, 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 he's a man. He's a, he's a man. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 As you say, he runs for lengthy periods in a game, 25, 30 yards, and he'll touch it with his right. He touches it with Absolutely. his left. And then he'll he'll send a pass through, Absolutely. as he did for yeah. the, the goal against Honestly. Senegal he's, for the set up for Kane. Terrific. Far, far better Fabulous. than I would have. Fascinating, fascinating thing we'll be see how he compares and matches up. It's okay. It's okay dominating the midfield and being a standout midfield player against Wells mm-hmm. and against. Um, the uh, the USA or the Iranians mm. and against the Senegalese. Now you get put him up against the big boys. Yeah, and I mm. I think he'll stand out still. No. But we haven't yet seen that. No, if we I, see I, that. I, then I, we're all of a sudden we've got we're hallmarking this boy. Absolutely, <laughs> you know? I, t- I take that point in time. Yeah, you and, and, and on this on, on this thought that uh, Simon has it in, in some instances, and I think to a degree he's right. Like Gareth Bale, for example, Ronaldo first time round at Manchester United, a stepping stone, the top flight in England, a stepping stone. That's not the case for English players, is it? Or is it? 
I mean, you, I mean, having said that, Sancho was was out in Germany before. Yeah. <clears throat> Bellingham's out there now. But but historically speaking, it's never really been like that there for a lot of English players. You know, there were one or two left and uh, went to uh, went to Italy. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you uh, you could trace back the number of players from Jimmy Greaves's time, yeah. and and there'd be few John and Charles, far between. Yeah. Absolutely, honestly, it's it's not it's not that. I I think there's a, a thing called home comforts for British players. You know. And, uh, sure, sure. I, I, I think there's an element But it's beginning to change, though, isn't it? I mean, we, we saw Kevin Keegan break the seal in 1977 absolute. when he went to Hamburg, yes. right? and everyone started, and we saw Alan mm. Seamerson coming the other way and all yeah. that sort of stuff. But when you get into the territory now, younger players like Sancho are going over to play in Germany mm. because they think the opportunity is better for them there. They're mm. going to get into the first team yeah. and play more. My argument would be is that we, we pride ourselves, we regularly say, and it's probably because we're little Englanders at the time, that this is the best league in the world, it's the most powerful league in the world, everyone will want to play in this league, but when you actually find it, the flow-through is they do want to play in this yeah. league, mm. but it's not a, it's not the destination, it's part of the journey, is yeah. my point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it tends mm. to me that yeah. all of a sudden we produce the top players, wherever, whoever they are, whether they're players that have come to play in our league or ones that we've produced, and all of a sudden, somewhere along the line, and it might change because mm. of the Man City's of the world, mm. because the finances are different, and because the lure of Man City's performances and their domination of our particular domestic league and I suspect eventually Europe might change the narrative but it seems to me that the best players land here and then they they have a journey and they no doubt perform and then they end up at what they perceive to be a bigger football club which is debatable for me Here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue Another cool fact You can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many good points been made by the listeners this morning, Martin. The, the, it seems that there's so so many of them picking up on the fact that you're with us this morning, and they want to touch on various things 
that yeah. they see happened while you are either at X, Y or, or whatever job. Mm. Here's one from Dermot. Uh, I think he's a Republic of Ireland fan. Jim, can you put this to Martin? Does, it, do, does he accept any criticism as Republic manager regards the fact that we lost out on Grealish and Declan Rice to England because he didn't give them either a full international cap or even brought them on for a few minutes to keep them out the clutches of England? And we uh, lost the two of them. Well, do you need? Do you need? Uh, if someone gives me two minutes, I'll, I'll tell you exactly. Number one, um, first of all, you can't coerce players into into becoming international international players. He's actually not right about this. I played I played Declan Rice three times in three in three friendly games. Friendly. He, he was only a young kid. He played in three friendly games at senior level. He was terrific in the games. Declan Rice. It's as simple as this. Declan Rice wanted to play for England. Do you think that Declan Rice now at this minute, having a, now going to play in the quarterfinal of the World Cup at this minute, still a young man, having played for West Ham for the number of games, do you think that he's regretting making the decision that he wanted to play? He was born in England. It's really as simple as this here. You cannot coerce people. You cannot just f- bring them into a, an international game of... Um, a serious international game. I'm talking about a competitive game, where the minute that they play a competitive match for the for the country, that's them that that's them announcing that they're going to be playing that. That was never going to be the case. You can't deceive people into playing in these games. You cannot you cannot force people into doing that. Jack Grealish was exactly the same. Jack Grealish was in my early stages of of international management. I go to see Jack Grealish. I go to see his dad. Jack Grealish was born in England. And Jack Grealish did play some some underage football for the Republic of Ireland, which he loved doing. But eventually, when you have to make a decision, that decision was made by Jack Grealish and his father. His father's also English as well, too. Mm. So listen, you might I go met back his to father last week. You might go back to heritage as well. But that that that's what they wanted to do, and I'm not going to disavow them of that. What would They're, have happened if you tried to play either one of them in a full international? I, I would match never have done it I for would, Ireland. I, I couldn't possibly do that because number one. What, what, that would be wrong for a start. Secondly, it's not as if they don't know the rules. The players know the rules and the players' dads know the rules. It's really a simple... It couldn't be more simple. So this idea of taking criticism for not for not coercing... Yeah. Not coercing two, two players who are now playing for England. Jack Grease has become a £100 million player at yeah, the but, end of the day. But coercing is a strange word, Martin. Yeah. I think a Republic of Ireland fans would suggest convincing is a more... Uh, a more appropriate words not coercing convincing someone to play for a country you're the Republic of Ireland manager yep. your gig yep. is to get the best players yep. playing for that team and yep. representing that country okay. the backdrop to what they do and don't want to do is a different discussion but the Republic Ireland fans will say to you Martin you had them in the palm of your hands why couldn't you convince them to play for the Republic of Ireland well, that's well, what the argument would be well, rather than coerce it, okay. well I don't think I don't think I don't think it would be a very difficult answer to convince someone who is going to play. First of all, he is going to commercially do much, much better for a start. Take that into consideration. If you're going to be playing for England, there's chances are your commercial value will be greater than you would be playing for the Republic of, of Ireland. Yes. Yeah. For a start, okay. number yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Number two, the most important thing. I was in... I was in um, Jack Greely's and his dad's company a number of times trying to convince yep. them to, to, to play at that time. At a stage when, you know, that 
that England might have been a, a distance away. Yeah, and the same. That's the, the point. That yes, and the same also. I was in the same house. I was in the house with um, with Declan Rice and his dad. That lovely, and they are Declan Declan Rice's father and mother. Simply lovely people. Genuinely lovely people. But they. He made want, their minds up. He made their minds but up. But I find it strange, Martin, because as an Englishman, I find it strange that all this heritage, mm. all this value set, right, all this end game destination, yet they were still prepared, specifically Declan, to play in friendly mm. internationals yeah. for another country. Yeah. I find that strange. Uh, uh, you you may well do. You, and Because and, they were uh, playing the angles the, and seeing which was the best option for them. Well, that, that is right. But at the st- And I, I remember this talking to, uh, to Declan. Declan was just trying to break into the West Ham team. Yep. The manager of West Ham at that time was um, the Argentinian who had been Manchester City. Um, Pellegrini. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pellegrini had left him out of the... Chilean, Chilean I think. Chilean. What? Chilean. Chilean, I apologise. Yeah. Chilean. I remember And he had, left, he had left him out of the open. Sorry, he played in the opening game of a particular season and then he left him out. And I remember saying to Declan, Declan, Pellegrini does not know your strengths and weaknesses at this minute. You will break through in that team and yeah. you, will be a, you will be a player. But for all, for, for all the nice talk that you have, Declan Rice still wanted to play for England. So this I, convincing him. Well, we'll yeah. go, okay, we'll use the word convince yeah. rather than coerce. Uh, sorry, I had the inability to convince Declan Rice to play for the Republic of Ireland. If that was the case, has Declan Rice has he has he regretted that decision? No, he won't have done. But the Republic of Ireland fans will have regretted not having the opportunity of having played for them. Of That's course. the point, isn't it? And also yeah. the fact is that he did play three international yeah. games for us, so you can't do much more. Yeah. Your one hundred percent essential download, outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.